Welcome to Pastor Matters, the podcast of the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We hope this conversation will both equip and encourage you to lead healthy churches that make disciples for the glory of God. Hi, I'm Chuck Lawless. And I'm Caleb Iverson. And we want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. Dr. Lawless, I got a question for you this morning. Okay. Uh, what is something specific you did, or what is something that you changed early in your ministry to help you improve as a preacher? A great question. Um, here's, here's what comes to mind, Caleb. First of all, there are so many things that needed to be changed. We, we would have multiple podcasts here to, to talk about those things. The one thing that comes to mind, though, is something I wish I had changed much earlier than I did. Hmm. My, the, the preaching I heard growing up was, it was... It was biblical in the sense that it was based on the scriptures. It wasn't strong expository preaching, so so I didn't know that model of just uh, just exposing the text and applying the text. I think that's without question that's the biggest shift I made in my ministry over the years is to make sure that I'm just opening the text for for folks. I really wish I had learned that much earlier than I did in my in my pastoral ministry. Mm, yeah, that's really helpful. Well, listeners, we want to talk about preaching today. Specifically, we want to talk about practical applications to grow as a preacher in 2024. And we also just want to encourage you uh, to sign up for our Christ-Centered Exposition Workshop on April 11th. This workshop is is designed to help you grow and improve as a preacher. We're going to be going through the Gospel of John. The tickets for the conference are $25. In a one-day conference, you get to hear from Dr. Matt Carter, Dr. Scott Pace, Dr. Chuck Quarles, uh, and this this uh, workshop will equip you to preach through the Gospel of John in your churches, and it'll help you um, consider ways that you can grow and improve as a preacher and meet other preachers in the area as well. And you get lunch and some resources. Lunch and free resources are also included in the ticket, so you really can't beat it. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Well, let's let's talk about this, Caleb. We we want to on this podcast, particularly this year, make sure we are regularly talking about preaching. How do we strengthen our preaching? And so. I, I just want to list some things, and there are several. We'll walk through them pretty rapidly, but I hope they're helpful for our, for our listeners. So here's number one. Here's, a, here's a, a way to strengthen or to improve your preaching over the next year. Number one is this. Decide that you actually want to grow and improve. Decide that you, you so want to do that that you, you commit to do it. See, it's, it's, easy, it's easy for all of us to talk about. We could sit in this room, and the three of us, Zach here is our, our producer, you here is my, as my co-host, all of us having, having preached in different ways uh, at, at different levels in, your, in our ministry careers. Uh, we, we can all talk about we want to improve, but unless we want to enough that we do something about it, we're, we're just talking and so I would want every preacher to decide, no matter how long we've done this, we want to continue to grow and improve. Here's, here's number two. Not a surprise at all. Those of, those of our listeners who know us, we, we, we want to make sure we're grounding everything in prayer. And so I want us to pray about growing and improving and get others to pray, listeners, for you and with you. We, we need the Lord's help to grow as a, as a preacher. Whether we're young preachers like you two guys or an, or an older veteran like, like I am, we, we need the Lord to just keep showing us where we need to improve, making us humble enough to listen to others. And if others are praying for us and with us, 
that builds accountability in the process. If they're praying for us, they're going to want to know, what are we doing? Uh, and so we're getting God's help through prayer, and we're getting accountability with, with brothers and sisters who are helping us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, my mind really thinks of Acts 6 when you talk about this idea of praying more. Uh, it always sticks out to me that the apostles, you know, and there's that situation going on in the church, so they you know, appoint these first deacons to address that. And then they says, we will devote ourselves to prayer into the ministry of the Word. And it just always sticks out to me that prayer comes first in that. And so maybe, Dr. Lawless, for you, how have you seen prayer specifically transform you as a preacher, enhance your preaching? Yeah, again, I wish I had learned this very early, Caleb, because I'll I'll be quite frank with you. I started preaching full-time as a pastor. I was 20 years old. Hmm. Our our church in in southwestern Ohio was was a fast-growing church. We actually got an award from our state convention for reaching a, a significant number of people. And when you're 20 years old, a rookie preacher, and you're getting awards, you think you're something. Mm. And when you think you're something, it's real easy to do all of this without without praying. I think what's happened over the years is the Lord has and continues, really, to teach me, sometimes in hard ways, how much I, I need Him. And so I've come to the place now where asking the Lord for guidance in, in choosing uh, a text, working through a particular book, for example, asking the Lord for guidance and thinking about my congregation as I as I work on application, asking the Lord to drill that text down through my life mm-hmm. and bring me to conviction as needed, and then honestly thanking the Lord when the when the sermon manuscript is together, because the only reason we ever get anything done is because the Lord gives us grace. And so, uh, over the years, I've learned to, to envelop really the the sermon prep in in prayer. Hmm. Well, let's let's move on to, to some other some other ideas. What else do you do? Here's number 3. Write down where you think you need to grow and improve. I'll, I'll say that again. Write down where you think you need to grow and improve. We don't, we don't always just naturally think about these things, but but if we do pause to consider them, most of us can come up with places where we need to we need to do better. So let me ask you two guys. You, both of you have preached at, at some level. Uh varying uh, numbers of times that you have preached. But, but Caleb, you think about your own young preaching career. Where, where do you know you need to improve? Yeah, one of the things that I am really trying to work on and improve is I'm just trying to figure out, one, what is my preaching style? Um, am I a no-notes guy, you know, full manuscript, detailed outline? Wrestling through all of those um, has been a challenge. But really with the thought of how do I preach a message that's been internalized for me um, that I'm not tied to my notes, but then I'm really engaging the audience. You know, I can sometimes get caught up in, okay, I've got to explain the text, I've got to illustrate it, I've got to apply it, but I'm forgetting the purpose of the sermon. Like, the intent is transformation in my life as I'm studying and preparing, but then also for the hearers as well. And so I've really been trying to focus on, okay, how can I keep that intent in front of me to make sure I'm engaging my listeners well? making sure that it's clear and that trusting the Lord to, to use that. So that's been a challenge to figure out how do I do that well with style, with notes, you know, teaching style, things like that. You, you are speaking my language when it comes to application. So I am really pleased to hear you say that you're, you're thinking about how do you take this to your people. Good mm-hmm. stuff. How about you, Zach? Yeah, um, my biggest struggle by far was uh, being very tied to my manuscript and being very— uh, rigid in in the pulpit, and part of that was, you know, internally just nervous mm-hmm. to get up in front of people. Mm-hmm. I've been that way 
most of my life more of an introvert. And okay. so, um, but the Lord, I saw um, him tremendously grow through that to be more comfortable, but still tied to my notes. And then um, lastly, and my pastor told me this would just come with more life experience, but it was hard for me to, to illustrate and to mm. come up with something meaningful mm-hmm. uh, for more of an older congregation because I was so young that um, just trying to come up with something that would relate to them uh, specifically. Those yeah. were kind of my two big big areas where I felt like I struggled. Yeah, illustration is, is a lot more difficult than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk about that some in some, some later podcasts. And by the way, Zach, it's good to hear your voice on the podcast. Thank you for all you do every week to help us here. Well, let's, let's review where we've been. Decide you want to grow and improve. Pray about growing and improving. Get others to pray for you and with you. Write down where you think you need to grow and improve. And then here's, here's number four. Watch a few of your sermons and do number three again. Watch, watch a number of your sermons and then go back to your list of places where you think you need to improve. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I detest watching myself preach. I, I detest even more listening to, to me. Uh, and yet I do think there's value in that. For, for many of us, the only time we ever do that is in our preaching class. Mm-hmm. Uh, often long before we actually step into a pulpit leading a, leading a church, we don't do that again until we begin to talk about things like this. I, I know as I watch, even recently, uh, trying to do this that I'm suggesting, watching what has become for me a tendency to put, put one hand in my pocket, which I've never done before, but for some reason that's become uh, something I just have to watch. I, I listen to myself, and I get really passionate when I preach, and so even listening to volume if you're always at exactly the same volume, it's hard for the listener. And so listening and watching, I, I want us to do that and and look at areas we need to improve again. Now, I, I will say this quickly, then I'll move on to, to number five. If you watch your sermon and you come out thinking, man, I'm really good, I don't, I don't really need to improve, you need to watch it again, probably, and get somebody else to watch it with you. So always watch for the, the problem of, of arrogance. In fact, that leads us into, into number five, the fifth thing to do. Enlist a few trusted brothers and sisters to tell you where you need to grow and improve. Get, get some folks that you trust. Choose wisely. And what I mean by that is find brothers and sisters because our sisters in our congregation are listening to us too. Get some folks who are willing to put forth the effort to, to listen to your sermon with, with discerning ears, to watch uh, for areas of need and improvement, and folks who love you enough that they will be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often I've seen uh, laypersons be willing to do this, and their response is this, Pastor, that was really good. I really like that. And uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough to grow with that kind of response. So find some folks who will be honest with you, Fight against bowing up when non-preachers tell you what you need to do to, to preach better. Uh, you might even meet with them as a group. Now, that, that can feel overwhelming if you've got five folks and they're all piling on uh, all the things they see that you need to improve. But you might find that corporately they come up with some things, one or two or three things that you really need to work on. So watch your own sermons. Let some other folks watch it and see what that combined effort will show you where you need to improve. Thoughts about that? 
Caleb? Yeah, I think that is that's spot on. Uh, Pastor, I was just thinking, if you are struggling with prayer, do a couple of these steps. Watch your sermon, have others evaluate your sermon, and you'll be like, man, I really need to pray more because I need the Lord's help to, to do this well. <laughs> but I, I can speak just um, as, a, as a young preacher trying to improve, trying to, to grow. One of the things that's really helped me, and my wife gets tired of listening to me, um, you know, but I'll walk through my sermon with her and just seeing just her insights, her questions, and she's like, Maybe, you know, I was, in this, I was in the manuscript, and I was thinking, man, this is going to sound great. This is really going to drive the point home. She, she would just say, hey, that didn't really land. Like, I would just cut that out. And so just that valuable feedback where we have blind spots, and we sometimes are just looking from our own perspective or filling things in that we think, you know, listeners are, would hear and assume. Um, but she's just walking through that sermon with other people has really helped me see those blind spots in my so own So she's willing, do you actually preach through it to her? Um, it's looked differently, you know, okay. there's been times where I've preached through it with her uh, okay. and that's a little awkward. Like I'm just standing yeah, in the yeah, living yeah. room, that's my question. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but really now I kind of talk through the flow of the sermon. Um, I'll share specific illustrations that I'm going to use, share some applications. A lot of times she'll help me think through those applications to think from her own perspective, some questions or things that she would be asking. And that's been really helpful for me. That's, that's good. I'm just sitting here thinking if I said to Pam, may I preach my sermon to you? I don't think that's going very far. Yeah, I, I don't uh, know if that will last in the long term. Yeah, I think yeah, it'll yeah, wear off pretty you. quick. But for now, <laughs> I'm grateful for it. So. You know what I will tell you guys? This, this is just something that comes to mind here. Uh, Pam, we have been married be 33 years in, in May. So she's heard me preach a lot in a, in a number of different contexts. But you know what? Never once, never once have I preached, and Pam's been in the congregation, without her telling me at some point during that day, you, you did well today. Hmm. Never, never once in three plus decades. Now she may she may not be listening closely. I don't know, but uh, I tell you what, it is really encouraging when your when your wife says, "I just really appreciate." It. Every once in a while, she'll tell me I'm her favorite preacher, and that that mm. actually helps too to hear once in a while. Southeastern exists to help people like you serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. Are you interested in learning more about what Southeastern has to offer? Join us for Preview Day, where you will meet professors and current students, tour our beautiful campus, and experience what it could look like for you to prepare for ministry in our Great Commission community. To learn more and register, check out sebts.edu visit. All right, let's move on. Here's number six. The sixth thing I encourage, uh, Pastor, I encourage you to do to strengthen your preaching. Set some specific goals you want to work on this year. And listen to the word again, specific goals. Write them down and ask somebody to hold you accountable. It's, it's one thing to say, I know I need to improve in X. It's another thing to say, here's my goal. It is to work on this. Uh, is it your introduction? Is it... Uh, your explanation of the text, is it illustration that, that Zach mentioned? Is it application that Caleb mentioned? Is it conclusion? Uh, is it the prayer that surrounds all that you're doing? I, I want us not just to think about I need to improve, but, but to write it down and hold ourselves accountable. Because if, if we can't state our specific goals for growth and improvement, we're, we're aiming for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Write those goals down and work on those things. Here's number seven. If you want to grow in your preaching, listen to other 
other preachers. And the, the good news is that's much easier to do these days because of the, the Internet. Perhaps, perhaps just one sermon each week from someone you believe models the kind of preaching you want to do. That, that doesn't take long, but pay attention to their style. Their style may not be yours, and I, and I would not want you, Pastor, to try to become somebody else. God uniquely gifted all of us, and we have to discover our own style. But, but listen to the preacher. How does, he, how does he introduce the text? How does he outline it? How does he illustrate it? How does he apply it? How does he conclude the sermon? Listen for those segments. And honestly, you might find in listening to others that uh, one of those areas may not be their strength. But just listening to that and recognizing that will get you to think about your own, your own preaching. You might even, if time allows, you might even listen to a couple of different sermons, different preachers preaching the same text hmm. to see what do they do with it. And you, you pick up little things that you would say, all right, that, that was a really good illustration. Wow, he, he preached a lot shorter than I do, and yet it was, it, was, it was powerful. You learn about the use of time. There are just a lot of things we can learn if, if just once a week we, we choose to listen to another, another preacher. Now, we have the privilege of doing that in chapel and listen to preachers twice a week, but I think this takes intentional effort to, to do this. And I might, Caleb, let's do this. As, as we're asking pastors to listen to other sermons and asking pastors to get other people to listen to their sermons, we, we have sermon rubrics that we use in our preaching classes here at Southeastern. Let's, let's get at least one of those rubrics, if not a couple of them. Let's put them on the website for the Pastor Center. And Pastor, we'll make them available to you to use as you critique your own sermons and you, and you listen to others as well. We, we can do that, right, right Caleb? Yeah, certainly. Uh, All right. We'll get that ready. Good, let's do that. All right, let's go on. Here's number eight. Next thing I encourage us to do to grow in our preaching, to improve our preaching, read at least one preaching book each year. Read at least one preaching book each year. Again, I think about, I think about what we do here. Zach and Caleb, you're, you're, you have taken or will be taking preaching classes. We're going to make you read some preaching books, but in many cases... For pastors, those are the last preaching books they, they will read. The problem with that is there are a lot of years ahead of this mm-hmm. that, that they need to improve. And so even one book a year to say, let's, let's back up and read a recommended book. In fact, we can put some recommended books on the, on the website as well. Let's do that. Years ago, I did a blog post. I, I interviewed uh, or surveyed all of our preaching professors here at Southeastern. They gave me a list of books that they would recommend. Let's let's work through that and add them to the list as well. When when you when you read a book, it just reminds you of basic things about preaching. And we need that again. It introduces us to new ideas. I like Brian Chappell's Christ-centered preaching, particularly his work with application. I like Power in the Pulpit by by our colleague, Dr. Jim Shaddix and Jerry Vines. Find find a book and read one each year. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I love that. And Pastor, I would recommend as you write down those specific goals that you want to work on, as you're listening to other preachers, you're reading preaching books, I would z- zoom in on that goal. When you're listening to preachers, if you're focusing on application or illustration, for example, listen to a variety of preachers and just sp- specifically focus on how do they do illustration. Um, the way that I think of it is, is really if you think of like water, like a pond that doesn't move, it grows stagnant. 
And like you were mentioning, for, for pastors, a lot of times you get in your routine, you don't read preaching books, we're not really focusing on how to improve, but water that grows stagnant really grows dead, bacteria and stuff grows in there. But when you get some fresh streams flowing in there, the water stays fresh, there's life. And I think these intentional goals, listening to other preachers, considering how to pray more through the passage and internalize it, setting goals to improve and reading preaching books, bring some of that fresh water in there to keep your preaching fresh, to keep growing, to keep improving. So I think these are all great practical applications for pastors. Okay, let's move on to number we're at number nine now. And this is this is where we started in some ways, Caleb, with, with your thinking about your own area of improvement. Number nine is this work harder at application in our, our sermons. This is, and, and I've mentioned this before on this podcast, this is my biggest concern about most expository preaching. Our preaching becomes more information transfer than life application. Mm. And I fully understand that it's the Spirit that ultimately applies the Word to our lives, but but I do think we're under some obligation as preachers to help our congregation know where the message intersects with their lives and help them to see how applying this text will change their life specifically on on Monday. And if we don't if we don't take them there, what happens is they walk out with more head knowledge, but they don't think about anything changing in the week in between the sermons that they hear. So I, I want us to work on that. One, because I think that will strengthen our preaching. And two, when when a congregation begins to apply your teaching to their lives, and they even say to you, Pastor, thank you for that sermon last week. Here's here's what I did because of because of what you taught us. You hear one or two stories like that, and you're going to want to do better every every week uh, because you know God's using it. And whenever you get a sense that God's using it, it it really does push us to say, God, help me just to keep improving here. So work harder at an application. Here's number 10. And this was this was tough for me because I'm because I'm busy as all pastors are, but number 10 is this. If you want to improve your preaching in 2024, strive to finish your sermon preparation early enough. Early enough in the week that you have time to review, review, review and review again. Tell tell me guys, each of you, have even in your your time in the pulpit already have there been times when you stepped into the pulpit and you pretty much knew that you weren't prepared and if if the lord doesn't do something here you just want a trap door to open and you you disappear you've been there yeah i've been there i feel like honestly one of the last sermons i preached uh, <laughs> to our youth at, at the church i felt like that um for some reason this was nehemiah 11 and 12 and i decided that that would be the text where i would try to go no notes and I didn't have as much time to prepare as okay. much as I, man, I felt so lost in the middle of that. But that was one of those sermons for me. It was like, Lord, you're going to have to do something with this because I am lost right now. I'm just trying to get through it. So <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing when we have to whisper prayers on our head. God, I'm sinking. So help help me here. Zach, you been there? Yeah, I, I just remember some of those weeks serving as associate pastor, like, being involved in funeral services, mm. hospital visits, mm. and your week is consumed with a lot of tragedy and things yeah. that come yeah. up, and you get to the end of the week and you're like, "I, Lord, I this has got to come together, and I'm going to need your help yeah. to be prepared." And some of those mornings, um, Lord was gracious in the little time <laughs> that I had to prepare, <laughs> and also gracious even um, when I didn't feel like 
you know, I, I spent the time that I sh- probably should have, uh, maybe in the later evenings, even on top of the busyness of the week. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely been there. And I was always thankful when I put in the hard work, like Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that when things came up at the end of the week, um, that I could review. And as I'm going about ministry, just like I'm thinking about the sermon because I've already been preparing and you're not as um, <laughs> under the gun, I guess, as yeah, you come that's to the right. end of the week. Your point is very well made. Ministry is filled with unexpected requirements. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody goes in the hospital. Nobody passes away. Nobody has a counseling crisis according to our schedule. Uh, and so the sooner we can get the preparation done when those things do happen— we don't have that hanging over our head. So I, I like your, your thinking. The way I think about it is this. All of us know when we step into the pulpit unprepared and what that feels like. We also know what it feels like. You know, I've been with the Lord with this. I've worked through this text. I know it well. I've studied it. I've reviewed it. I can't wait to to proclaim the word. Those are two distinctly different scenarios. Mm-hmm. And striving to finish early can lead us toward the toward the latter one. Well, here's, here's number 11. The 11th thing I would say to do, and this will, this will finish our list, just keep doing these things. Meaning, we're saying, work on your preaching in 2024. I'm now saying, keep working on your preaching the, the rest of your life. Every, every year, think about these things. Keep striving for improvement and growth. Well, let me review, uh, Caleb, the, the list for our listeners in case they missed any of these. Here's number one again. You want to strengthen your preaching. Decide that you want to grow and improve. Number two, pray about growing and improving. Get others to pray for you and with you. Number three, write down where you think you need to grow and improve. Make that list. Number four, watch a few sermons and go back to that list again. Do number three again. Add to it as needed. Number five, enlist a few trusted brothers and sisters to tell you where you need to grow and improve. Let them speak into your life. Number six, Set some specific goals you want to work on this year. Name them. Write, write them down. Ask somebody to hold you accountable. Number seven, listen to other preachers. I'm arguing at least weekly, listen to, to somebody. Number eight, read at least one preaching book each year. Number nine, work harder at application. And number 10, strive to finish your sermon preparation early enough in the week that you have time to review. And number 11, just keep doing all these things. Mm-hmm. That's a lot, listeners. I hope you can pick up just even one or two things that will help you in this in the days to come. We want to thank you for listening to another episode of Pastor Matters. If you found this conversation helpful, consider leaving us a five-star rating and review. We'd love to hear any feedback you'd be willing to give. You can send that feedback to pastorcenter at sebits.edu. As always, it's our mission at the Center for Preaching and Pastoral Leadership to equip and encourage pastors. I hope that we've done that with today's conversation. And as always, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. <laughs>